Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I am so pleased to do my third interview in Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books 2.0. As I mentioned on my previous show, we just recently launched the show after a four-year hiatus, so I'm very, very excited to be back on the air. Um, I would encourage everyone to like the Facebook fan page for Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and if you want information on any of my upcoming guests, you can go to my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So today, I'm so pleased to introduce Priscilla Oliveres, who um, Priscilla writes contemporary romance novels featuring Latino characters. Priscilla has a Master of Fine Arts from Seton Hall University, is a USA Today bestselling author, and was a 2018 Double Rita finalist. Her titles include Her Perfect Partner and Resort to Love. So welcome, Priscilla, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Actually, we're right now in the throes of hurricane preparation, so this is a nice little break. <laughs> and, and then we'll be back to tying things up in the backyard and and all that fun stuff. I'm glad so, to be here. So do you, yes, yeah, so you live in Florida, is that right? I do. We live in north central Florida, um, and uh, right now the hurricane's tracked to go to south Florida, but with these things you never know. So I think pretty much everybody along at least the east coast and, um, you know, down, down Florida is in hurricane prep mode, just in case. Yeah, well, I actually just, I uh, got off the phone with my mom because my parents uh, live outside of Tampa and I actually have a second home there okay. that she it's two doors down from my parents. Um, and of course we were there like two weeks ago and we didn't like, there were all these things. I was like, Oh, I should like shut down the hurricane shutters, but they were like broken. I need someone to fix it. I was like, Oh, I have a little time. It'll be a while before there are storms. So now we're like scrambling. She's ca- calling the handyman. I was like, yeah, I'm sure the day before the hurricane, there'll be plenty of people who will be willing to help me, but um, hopefully oh, it'll goodness. avoid Tampa. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, well, or just by the time it hits land, if, if it will peter out, you just, you never know. Frankly, right now, I'm just hoping that Dorian will play nicely and veer out into the Atlantic where it can't do any damage to anyone. Um, but you never know. So, yeah, you have to. And I think there are a lot of us that are like that. We have that to-do list. And hurricane season, you know, started back in June when you just, until that first one really comes up and then you're like, oh, gosh, like, I need to go get this. I need to, I need to do that. Yeah. And so, anyway. All right, well. Fingers crossed that Dorian, you know, yes. passes you by and passes me by as well because, I mean, <laughs> I, we literally were late for our plane. So I just, like, kind of left everything. I think there are, you know, I don't know. I probably left towels out in the patio. But anyway, hopefully, hopefully everything <laughs> will be fine. <laughs> so fingers yes. crossed for that. So, Priscilla, I'm so pleased that um, that you were able to join me today. Um, I know that we haven't met in person, but I've certainly um, seen you on the various um, loops for RWA. I just recently re-engaged with RWA um, and kind of re-engaged Great. with my writing. But I've definitely been lurking and following you. And now, and you're also running okay. for the board. Is that right? 
I am. I'm currently on on the board as a director at large. Oh, you're and, currently. Um, I, I'm currently on the board, but my term is is up. My first term as a director is up now. So I'm. We have a really good slate of a lot of talented people. Um, it's it's awesome to have that many people stepping forward to volunteer for the board. Um, and so we should know. Actually, elections close today on the 31st, or no? So the 31st is tomorrow. So by sometime next week, we should um, we'll know like who are the new board members. Okay, and are, mm-hmm. and you're running again? Is that right? Yes, I am. Oh, um, I think oh, great. I've been I've been a longtime member of RWA. Um, even when I was raising kids or homeschooling and not writing as much as I I would like to, just because of other life responsibilities, I've maintained my membership. Um, most of uh, a significant number of my close writing friends, of my writing mentors, of a lot of the networking that I've been able to do. Um, a lot of those contacts have come through RWA in one way or another, the national conference, a regional conference, a local chapter meeting, an online chapter meeting. And so I'd served on the local level, like on the local chapter level and for um, multiple chapters over the years and Mm -hmm. volunteered for committees at the national level and just felt um, I had enough experience that if I was lucky enough to be voted onto the national board, I'm plus I have three daughters, and they're all, you know, off to college, now off adulting, so I had a little bit more time instead of going to the show choir parent meeting, or, you know, I could attend a board meeting, you know, that kind of thing. So the time was right in in my personal life and in my writing life that I felt that um, it would be good to run and see what would happen, and it's work on the national on the national board. I think any the board of any organization as large as ours is involves some work, but it's work for an organization that I believe in for members that um, I believe in. And so I've enjoyed it. Well, it, no, it's a, I actually had some board members. I, I, I think you mentioned Damon uh, Suede was on one of my mm-hmm. prior interviews. And it is, um, yes. and I think Courtney Milan also was um, interviewed a few years ago. And it is a real time mm-hmm. commitment, but you need that in order for the, the organization to grow and to continue to, to thrive. And, you know, so I mm-hmm. think everyone in RWA certainly owes people who are willing to take that extra step, you know, a vote of thanks. And I, I certainly do appreciate it. Oh. I've kind of been in and out of RWA. Um, I think for me, I write romance, but I also write women's fiction. And then I also took a break for a while. Okay. So I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just starting to get back into it and recognizing names. And I didn't go to uh, the conference this year, although it was in my backyard. So I really should have, um, cause it was in New York oh, this man. year, but yeah, I know. Well, you know, I, I'm my my daughter's still home, so I had, you know, I was dance bombing mm-hmm. it um, <laughs> during the summer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully at some point, I'd like to go to some of the the um, the local ones. You know, the local one day, like Connecticut um, RWA is having something in September uh, that I'm going mm-hmm. to. So um, I, I try and keep my hand in it. But maybe I think, we can t- um, talk I think I'm not, a little I, bit I about. Okay. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was like in October. I know one of the Philadelphia chapters is having a day long Lisa Crone thing in in October. I'll actually be um, one of the one of the speakers on the keynote luncheon speaker at the New Jersey chapter um, for their oh, okay. fall conference. Um, so there are, like you mentioned, there are some great regional. The New York chapter itself, um, uh, NYC RWA or RWA NYC, they have some great just their monthly meetings. So there are. There are other ways. You don't have to make it to the national conference, that, you know, if you can't. But like, like you mentioned, you can still get a lot from smaller region, uh, regional 
you know, weekend conference one day or your local chapter meetings. Right. No, absolutely. I went to the Liberty States uh, a few months ago, and that was really great. That's not part of RWA, although there's a lot of cross-pollination because a lot of romance people go to Mm -hmm. it. And um, it was really great to, you know, just to engage. And sometimes those smaller ones, it's a little easier to to, to speak to people. Cause I, I, I did go to one yes. um, RWA and it was like so overwhelming <laughs> that I was not talking to as many people. So, but I oh, think gosh. RWA yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it's definitely helped me, even though my writing has kind of veered a little bit away from the romance, although there's always a little bit of romance, mm-hmm. even in my women's fiction books, but that is really where yeah. I learned to write and to learn what I was doing wrong. And so it sounds like it was an important resource for you, but you also mm-hmm. went and got a master's of fine arts. Now, is that something you did yes. before you started writing or after? Oh gosh, no. Um, I got my MFA from Seton Hill university. Um, it oh, is, okay. um, a, yeah, not Seton hall. It gets, I get, people get that confused. I've had, I've had someone tell me, no, sweetie, it's Seton Hall. And, and I, my response was, well, no, I know where I paid my tuition, and it was Seton Hill. <laughs> um, but Seton Hill University is in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Their MFA program is, um, I got my Master of Fine Arts in Writing Popular Fiction. It's all genre fiction. Um, so horror, sci-fi, fantasy, YA, um, uh, obviously romance. And so um, my homework was either to be like, reading a romance novel and then critiquing and discussing it or wor- working and on writing a romance novel, which were all things I wanted to do. Um, I did not start that program. I started in 2010, so I graduated January 2013, and I actually started writing my first romance. I was still a young college uh, student, married, and a military spouse with a, new, uh, a, a newborn and we had a surprise military move, so I had to take a semester off of college. This was fall of 1990, and I had I had I wasn't taking classes. I was all of a sudden a stay-at-home mom, and I needed something to to do for myself, kind of like to keep my mental mind going during that semester. And I was um, as long-time romance reader as you could at the age of 19, um, um, getting ready to turn 20. And so I, that was the first time I sat down to start writing. I did not know about RWA. All I knew was I was an English major who had written short stories, had a great English teacher in high school who had encouraged that creative writing. And um, I thought I would, you know, that, that I was that literally that person that says, oh, I love reading, so I could, I'll just write a book. Um, and then you discover that it's a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. Uh, um, writing is a lot harder than, than reading a, a romance novel, I think, writing anything. Um, so I first started long, long time ago, and the master's program came later. I think I had learned a lot. Obviously, I'd been a member mm-hmm. of RWA, and um, I I did it for two reasons. One, for the love of the genre. Two, um, to be able to teach my undergrad is English with a secondary in education, and I knew if I had that my MFA, then I could teach at the higher level, at the you know collegiate level, which I currently do now. You do? Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. so, and again, yeah. I apologize um, for getting the university wrong. I think sometimes you see what you think it is, and oh. I'm from the Northeast, so I just assumed yeah. it was Seton Hall. So Seton apologies Hall. for yeah. that. <laughs> oh no, that's so Seton okay. Hill. It happens frequently. Yes, Seton Hill. Yes. And so you're teaching now. Now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you, does does that help you in terms of 
putting your finger on the pulse of young writer, uh, young readers, because some of your students, I assume, are, are younger people? Or is it a mixed, big, mixed bag in terms of your student population? I, I teach at a local college, so it's pretty much, mm-hmm. um, and there's a large university here, um, so it's pretty much a mixed bag. I will say that I also have professional experience in technical writing. So what I teach at the college is technical communication, so more business writing. And then Mm -hmm. I teach for an online entity for ed to go, like through Cengage Learning, I do teach a romance writing class. That's a continuing education class. So every month a new class is starting there. Um, I think what I like about the technical communication, I just enjoy teaching and talking about Mm -hmm. writing. And because I love writing so much, I enjoy helping other people um, who you know get improve in their writing skills, whether it's through the romance writing so creatively online or the students in my class, you know, my live students at, at the college. Um, what I also enjoy about teaching the technical communications is it's a skill that the type of writing that we're doing all semester are use are things that those students will use in their everyday life as well as in their professional life. So. It kind of combats that that whole question that first day of class that you know if I was teaching I, I say right off the bat as much as I love Shakespeare or as much as I love you know creative writing there could be a student who's in that class simply because they needed a class and this time works and this was all that is available and they're like in their mind they're thinking why do we have to be learning this the first day of my technical communication class I say look who here has not written an email who here you know who's a parent has not had to write a letter to a teacher. Uh, you know, who here has not had to write, you know, something for their boss or, in, you know, in their current. And, and so it pretty much just washes that away. So basically everything that we're going to do in here, you want to pay attention, you want to learn, and I'm going to try my best to help you. By the, My goal is by the end of the semester, you walk out of my classroom feeling more confident in your writing, no matter what you have to write in whatever situation. So for me, the whole, the, what I teach predominantly doesn't have anything to do with the creative writing, but it does feed that desire to be helping, you know, others in in mm-hmm. a field or in a craft that is, you know, I feel passionate about. Right, right. Well, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about what why you picked the genre that you picked. Um, you write contemporary romance. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. You feature most, mostly Latino characters, so maybe you can talk about what drew you to that um, and and what you see in terms of the future. Are you going to stay in that genre? Because a lot of times you see um, romance writers writing across genres, so it sounds like maybe you've mm-hmm. stuck mostly with contemporary. So maybe you can talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I enjoy reading um, historical and Regency, um, you know, some paranormal uh, but I think for me, uh, a, a part of it is uh, I'm not a big history buff, and so I just know the amount of research I would have to do. There are, like, Regency romance readers that know their stuff when it comes to the Regency. Um, and so I personally, if I decided to try to try my hand at writing something historical, or um, I'd have to do a ton of research because I would I would be so scared about getting some little – detail incorrect like that was not invented yet or you know anything like that and I think I enjoy the contemporary romance for for some reason part of it is I feel like it could be happening now 
um, mm-hmm. writing Latinx characters, mostly like the world, the world that I write and my, my story worlds are a lot like the world around me. I don't write a lot about spies. Um, I haven't written like a billionaire story, anything like that. The, I think a common theme in all of my stories is familia or families. Um, I think if any of my friends, close friends, or anybody follows me on any of my social media, they'll know like I talk about my family a lot. It's important. They're you know they're they're important to me, and I think that bleeds into my writing. Um, I will say that my first books. When I started writing, I was doing exactly what I tell my students to do. Find the books that you like, study what they're doing, you know, and learn from them. And so then what I was writing, those first books were not not saleable for a lot of reasons. But over time, as, as I learned more about craft and I matured as a writer, I realized that what I was doing was mimicking those books, meaning all of my characters were were Anglo. I, I I was not kind of like being true to the stories and and the worlds that I wanted to create on the page that included people that looked like me and my friends mm-hmm. and kind of the world around me. And uh, so I think it was a combination of learning more about the craft and becoming a better writer, and and also being true to myself and writing writing the stories even if I didn't see a lot of Latino characters in the books that I was reading it was okay for me to be writing those characters and it was important for me to be writing those not all of my characters are Latino because not all of the people that I you know in in my world are Latino Um, book two her perfect affair Jeremy is, is not and um because that's not how he appeared to me when I first, mm-hmm. you know, when Jeremy first walked into in, into my head. And, and, and really it was the way Jeremy is a secondary character in book one, a friend of the, the heroine, Yasmin. And um, when Yasmin started talking to me about her neighbor in New York, you know, it was Jeremy and that's just what he looked like. And um, so for me, I think for right now, I'm not going to say, no, I'm never going to write anything else. Um, I do have ideas for, you know, like a women's fiction with romantic elements, but kind of similar to what you just said, the, the romance, the idea of a healthy relationship and showing that on the page um, so that, I, you know, that belief in me that that is possible to have that. And, and hopefully that belief that in reading romance, whether it's my romance or, you know, someone else's romance or someone else's women's fiction with romantic elements, I think it's important to to have that on the page and to to show that. Um, we were talking about Damon earlier, and and I know he said this in in his interview. It's something that a lot of us discussed and we shared together. Like romance is a literature of hope, and mm-hmm. to me, the the importance of of the romance genre and and what I hope it it gives readers is, like I said, that 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 example of what a healthy relationship um, looks like life is going to throw crap at us all of the time. But if we are, if we have the right people around us and in our lives and supporting us and us supporting them, then getting through that crap is a little bit more manageable. And so, so I know whatever I write, I, I would say um, there's always going to be a romantic thread at some point, some, some, some type of emphasis on loving relationships and the, and the value and the importance of those. 
Right. I think right. similar to like well, what, what you think, said for you. Yeah, no, I, I think um, for all of my books, even though I think I cross, I cross the line a lot um, in terms of, you know, romance versus women's fiction. I think I'm probably for most of my books a little closer on the women's fiction, but there's always a romantic element. And I think from mm-hmm. my own writing, a lot of what you just said kind of resonated with me because um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Alison McDermott. I'm a huge fan girl of her. She's um, an Irish. I, I really see her as an idol and she's um, an Irish American writer. She's probably about 10 years. So she's kind of the generation before me, but um one of the things that she said, and, and I tend to write a lot about Irish-American characters because that's my background. My, my parent, my mother's from Ireland, my husband's from Ireland. So that's very much my world. Okay. And one of the nice. things she said about, she, you know, and she also is known very much as a, an Irish-American Catholic. She deals with a lot of those themes. But um, people ask her why, you know, why haven't you branched out to, to other, you know, other types of characters? And she said, you know what, I know Irish American people. I know what their houses look like. I know how they turn a phrase. I know what they have for dinner. And so by working within a world that she just knows so well, she can give it Mm -hmm. a lot of authenticity. Um, But also it's kind of frees her up to focus on other aspects of the character, right? Because she's getting the outside right. So she can really focus on the inside. And so that to Mm -hmm. me um, is really part of the reason why I feel comfortable writing in Irish America because I feel like I can give to the breather, to the reader real authentic, authenticity about that background. And so, yep. um, and, and then I can focus on other things. So it sounds like maybe from your perspective, that's, you know, I, I don't know if that resonates with you at all about why you've, how you've, you know, focused yeah. on your characters. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think um, it's like how they say, write what you know. Um, you know, also I would say, write what you're, what you're interested in because that is that's going to then drive you to to research and learn so that you can you can you know get it right on the page or or, or get it correctly on the page and with, you know with passion uh, um but but for me i think it's not that i am my my heroines and, and they don't they aren't like i don't take a person from my life and and put them in the page there are facets of right. of people and, and that, but I feel like some, someone asked me one time, because in my book, there is a little bit of Spanglish um, where they'll drop a Spanish word. I try really hard. Um, someone asked me one time, well, if I don't speak Spanish, if I'm not Latino, am I going to really uh, get your books? And, and I said, well, first of all, it's a romance. So it doesn't matter, you know, love is love is love, that, that whole thing, um, that whole idea. And as far as like the Spanish, I try really hard um, to, to explain what it is or, or to make it clear what it is that they said. Mm-hmm. I do not. Um, like when I, when I speak in Spanish, I don't repeat it in, in my head in English because I know what it means. So it would not be true to my character to have someone say something in Spanish and then think it in English. But what I'll try right. to do is like, like in book two, uh, Yasmin, the oldest sister, and Lily, the youngest, are bickering. And the older one, Yasmin, tells Lily, callate la boca. And Lily responds with, I'm not going to shut my mouth. I can say whatever I want, you know, or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. clear to the reader that Yasmin just said, you know, shut your mouth or be quiet or, you know, something along those lines. I don't want the reader to be like going to Google Translate to have to figure out it and pull them out of the story. So I, right. I do try right. hard and I have asked I have asked friends that are non-Spanish speakers, is there, was there, is there anything in the book that kind of trips you up or anything? And thus far, 
I, I haven't heard that someone said, well, this line, you know, and my, my editors at Kensington or the, the one book I wrote for Thule, none of them have ever said anything about, yeah, I don't know what she's saying here or can you explain this better? So hopefully I'm doing it well enough. But, but someone did ask me, how do you know when to slip into Spanish? Um, like what's the cue? And this is something like how you just said, because you, you grew up and you live around Irish Americans, so you kind of just know the things that are natural to them. It's it's the same thing with Spanglish. There's not like a time that you switch. It's just like a, how it comes out or, you know, how your brain, you know, is, is thinking in English and Spanish. My my mom and I have been cooking in the kitchen, and, and she'll say, hey, you know, that may so from the microwave. You know, like she, she, we, we just mix and, um, and we understand because we were fluent in both languages, but it's just a natural rhythm. I can't tell you every right. third word kind of thing. Yeah. But cause you're, but it's, you know, because you've lived it, like you said, you wrote what you know, it, yeah. it adds some authenticity. And I think for, mm-hmm. for people from that, you know, it's a way also for people to experience that culture. Like, I think that's what I think is so great about writing. I love to read across you know, people from yes. different backgrounds, because it's such a great way of entering into that in, in, a, in an entertaining way, entering into that culture and seeing a facet mm-hmm. of it, as opposed to reading a newspaper or reading, a, you know, something dry. Um, right. That's right. what, you know, that's what, I, from my perspective as a reader, I like to, to read across genres and also, you know, backgrounds, yes. because that is the way you can enter that world. So that's why I think it's, you know, it's great that um, when people, again, who really know a culture are able to convey that to people. Mm-hmm. So in terms, yeah. so let's turn a little bit more in terms of your, um, your heat level of your books, where would you, where would you place the heat level? I am mostly, um, I've been told you're not sweet. So more sensual, so sensual writing, emotional, um, but closed door. So they'll be, they'll get a little hot and heavy or a little hot, but, but then overall, like, the, you know, the, the door closes behind them or, you know, or, or the scene fades and, and then it's the next. So my first book, which is, I think, my, my sweetest book, just it's um, uh, there's a lot going on in the story. She's a nanny. There's a little girl. There's, there was never a chance or th- there was never the right time in the flow of the story where they would have. And I, I guess for me, that's most importantly what what I look at is I'm not going to drop in a love scene because there should be a love scene in, in every book, some type of rule, and, you know, and I've never heard that. Um, for me, it's as the story progresses and as their relationship progresses, um, I, I have to put them in situations that help them grow, that challenge them, and and what is appropriate for where they are in their lives and in that, in that moment. So um, when my book one, my first book came out, I had a girlfriend and, and her book, Sarah Portman, her, we debuted on the same day. And there was a, a magazine or some kind of publication that, that reviewed us. And I read Sarah's review and she had an awesome review and she had like three jalapeno peppers like colored in there, three green peppers. And then I got my mm-hmm. review and I got a nice review and the heat level was like a shaded one pepper. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even get one pepper. Like throw a girl a seed, please. Um, and so that kind of became the joke, but I will say as I, my other books um, are, are overall 
some are a little bit more sensual, a little bit more hot and heavy, but they will ultimately be closed door. I think part of that is my personality, and and that mm-hmm. plays in into what, what I write as well. So, uh, um, so pretty much that's I would say that sensual closed door, but high emotion. Right, right. With, well, with it's funny. My first pepper book. Seeds. Yes, <laughs> if you get up there, but it, it, it's also like. Where, you know, again, what flows from you naturally, and, and I think that can change over time. My first book, um, Gold Coast Wives, was like a light, funny, contemporary romance. But um, I was with a publisher at the time, Lyrical Press, and my editor mm. was like, you know, Bernadette, you have to do something. Like, they're not even touching, right? There's no romance. <laughs> they're talking <laughs> to each other, and they like each other, but they have to at least touch. And I was like, yes. oh, it was my first book, and, you know, at heart, uh, I think I'm a nice, you know, Catholic school girl. I was like, how am I going to do uh-huh. this? So I was able to finally, and I was, you know, I think for that book, it was because it was a funny book, I made it like um, like a joke in some ways, like they finally, you know, started touching and our Spanx is yeah. showing and, you know, like I made some jokes about it. So I was able to kind of get through it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, at least. In, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. But you know what? It, it's, so it's funny lot- you said the Catholic, sorry, I was going to say, it's funny you said the Catholic plural because that, that would be me, um, <laughs> you know, not uh, they're just raised, you know, raised, you know, cradle Catholic still. Um, and, but I, I, so I just think, like how you like part of part of my personality is, but I, but at the same time I have to disassociate myself and like be true to the character. So that's what I've 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 tried to do um, is just is this what's the right situation for? Um, and and my mom is one of my my beta readers. She checks uh, one of the thing reasons is to check my Spanish. Do I have the right accents and and that kind of thing? But with the book that I just finished. She was reading, like she read part of it, and and I think that the section that I gave her, she read it all, but the section I gave her at one point, like I had written that to here, and so I sent it to her, and my sister is is my main beta reader, and it was leading up to the first kind of hot and heavy scene, and I came home from something, and and, and my my mom, I walked into my mom says oh my gosh, like, I need more. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, come on, how about, she didn't say hubba hubba. I can't remember what she said, but like my, it was basically my mom asking me like, okay, now come on already. We need more than just a kiss. And I was like, mom, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> so the, that, that whole aspect of, I've, I've had friends that are like, yeah, my parents don't read my books. I'm like, well, my mom reads mine and my dad does, does too. But, but this last one, my mom was like, come on, I need it hot and heavier. I, I need more of Louise, please. <laughs> That's so funny. My mom actually reads my book, and she's my harshest critic. She she absolutely is. But yeah. I think actually it's interesting what you said here because my first book. I think part of the reason it was my first book, but I think part of the reason why I had so much difficulty in kind of letting loose was because that mm-hmm. main character, Kate Ryan, was the most like me. She was, you know, at the time a forty something, oh. you know, lawyer mom, and it was it was you know it was me. It was Bernadette with a different name, and. I think once I kind of moved, to, no, no, I think that's probably, I mean, I, I didn't realize it at the time. It's only in retrospect. I was like, why yeah. did I have so, so much problems? But I think it's the characters who are more like me that I have difficulty with. So mm. the only one of my books that are, are like a hot or heat level are my paranormals because they're, 
you know, I got to let loose and, you know, they're very much not like me. Um, so, you yeah. know, I was, and you can kind of get the magical element. So I, was, so I, I have gone a little bit beyond the touching the Spanx, but, um, <laughs> but I, I said, like, I think, you know, um, it's, and I've definitely, for as, as, as time has gone on, but I think it was that first one that I was really like, I think it was cause I thought too much of myself and it was almost like, you know, walking around in my own underwear. Right. I didn't want to do that. So I, I yeah. covered her up. Oh God. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think for me, like, it has to, I want it to be something that I feel I'm comfortable um, at a book signing, uh, you know, and, and because I am a little private and, or more private with, with that part of my personal life, uh, um, I would probably, you know, want to make sure that I'm, I'm comfortable sharing something, you know, so openly like that. But I think it's just, mm-hmm. it's a matter of author preference, which, which is wonderful within our genre, we have this huge spectrum of, you know, for, so as a writer, what you're comfortable writing, as a reader, what you want to read, even if you want to read across the spectrum, but if you don't, and you have specific, whether it's from, you know, historical and regency to sci-fi to contemporary, but also different heat levels. So the romance genre in, in itself is this huge smorgasbord that, to me is so welcoming to to readers of all types what are you looking for you know we've got it here um, and if not do you want to write it but, you know that that kind of thing so it's it's wonderful as an author to have all these options and and be able to find your little niche mhm mhm now but now in contemporary romance because that is a very broad ca- category is has that mm-hmm. created challenges in terms of you being able to find your niche or being able to promote uh, no, I mean, yourself. I don't think, um, well, I think that's, that's a big question for, our, for all authors, as you know, um, especially those starting out now. Um, there, there are so many books out there that the advent of self-publishing has been amazing because it's opened doors for writers um, and it's, it's, a, it's given us another avenue to, you know, to pursue publication. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you hear the, you hear a lot of people talking about there's, you know, the market's glutted, but, so, you know, how can you be found or how can you expand your readership? Um, it's a, if we all, if, if we knew the answer or whoever knew that answer, they would, you know, they'd be making a mint, you know, selling that answer. So for me, it's mostly, I, I kind of think of myself as an introverted extrovert, meaning I enjoy being around other people and, and, and talking to other people about writing their book, my book, you know, any book, um, but I can be a little shy in like a larger walking into a room of a bunch of people. I am going to look for the people that I know and, and gravitate towards, towards them until I start to feel comfortable. And then I'll branch out to, to, to meet others. So for promotion wise, I've been lucky in the sense that one um, Kensington, my, my main publisher, they do a great job, you know, helping promo and, and, and giving me ideas, but I've also, I've, I've mostly kind of stuck with group, group promotion opportunities in the sense that I'm, I'm a part of three Facebook author reader groups. Um, I started one with three other Latinx ROM authors, Alexis Daria, Mia Sosa, and Sabrina Soul. We're um, collectively the four chicas. And so we have four chicas chat. It's um, a, a Facebook group that um, we do talk about Latinx stuff, but we also talk about movies that have come out. And, you know, it's, it's a space 
where it's we like to think of it as our house as the casa and so our our kind of slogan like what we tell people hey look the door's always open come in grab a drink from the fridge sit on the couch and and let's you know let's chat and have some cheese a little gossip um so i'm part of four chicas chat and then i'm also one of the founding members of fiction from the heart that's another group they're romance and women's fiction authors there are 12 of us and that group similar to four chicas not a lot of promo. It's it's mostly a, a space for readers to kind of come and get to know us to talk about our books, but other books as well. Um, just kind of a space getting to know each other um, and making reader friends. And then I'm also a member of Racy Reads. It's there, and so on Facebook, it's called Racy Reads Party Room. And that or that group, there are almost there are like 28 to 30 of us authors and that is what its name is but you know a big a big party room so there are giveaways there are you know funny jokes anybody any given day is posting things and so like a a fun party giveaway type of space but amongst out of those three it allows me to hopefully promo a little bit maybe meet other readers that maybe another author has has brought to the group but um, also have fun and, and be supportive of those authors. Someone else has a release, I'm talking about it on, on my social media, on my separate author page or on my Twitter. And, and I've found, I think it's for me, there are examples of the camaraderie um, and the kinship that I have found within the romance genre as a whole. Um, it's hard you're alone sitting down at your laptop writing but when you have a a group of author friends that you know are supporting you as well and maybe you're complaining about it with each other about how hard something is in your book right now or you're brainstorming together um so i've i really gravitate towards that group supportive mentality and and for with promotion that's kind of the way i've gone with the four chicas and fiction from the heart and the racy reads well, I think in order to continue to do promotion, you have to enjoy it on some level. And I can tell even from the yeah. way you're describing it that you're really having a blast on these Facebook groups. And yeah. so that probably means it's not it's not like taking your medicine. You know what I mean? Like it's something that you actually oh, actively enjoy. Yeah. And yeah. so that's part of why I do this this radio show. Like because it was the same thing. I'm not really great on like Twitter and you know and and boards and things like that that's not my strength so I actually had to think about well, what do I like to do I like to talk to people I like to meet new people and this the radio show is a way to kind of do that and so you know you have to find something that resonates with you so it's it sounds really great that you've, yeah. you've found something that you really enjoy now maybe you mm-hmm. could tell people uh where they where else they can find you online oh sure I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter and on Instagram, more active in my Insta stories, I'll I'll, I'll post pictures um, a couple times a week, like in my thread. But on both Instagram and Twitter, my handles are at Pris, P-R-I-S, and then Oliveras, O-L-I-V-E-R-A-S. I am on, you know, all those those three Facebook groups. And I do have a separate author page that I will post information about myself there or you know I'll you know post random pictures I'm huge into sports and so like right now it's college football season so pretty much expect pictures of me dressed in orange and blue headed to a gator game with my mom 
Um, that's our mother-daughter bonding on Saturdays, tailgating, and then going to the Gator game, if it's a home game. Um, if my Cubs get it, get into postseason, and then you'll really see me posting about about baseball, go Cubs. Um, and so my Facebook group, the same, my, my Facebook author page, the same. It would be like Facebook, and, and it's Pris Oliveras. Well, because there are like a bazillion ways to misspell Priscilla. <laughs> so my <laughs> all all of my Twitter handles and even my website, it's prisoliveras.com. And so pretty oh, much if, if you enjoy social media, I'd love to connect with you and, and, you know, see, you know, follow you, see what you've got going on, what some things you're up to. But I'm pretty active on all of those spaces, some more so than others. You said it correctly, and it was one thing that my first editor at Kensington, Martin Biro, said to me is, you know, there are a lot of ways to self-promote, um, but if you try to do all of them, your odds are you're not going to do them all very well. So pick the ones that you enjoy. Pick the type of promo that you enjoy doing, because then, then it won't be work, or it won't feel mm-hmm. like work. And it'll be the most genuine, you know, so I think yeah. it sounds like that's what you're doing with, you know, here with, with the, you know, with the podcast, with the radio show. Um, I, I enjoy, you know, the, there, I enjoy like the connection with others. And, and so I, that I find, you know, like on Twitter a, a lot. So that's probably the one that I'm yeah. most active on. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to be um, following you. And uh, please make sure that you keep me updated in terms of when you have new releases, because I'm going to post everything on the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books uh, Facebook fan page so people can keep connecting. And maybe you could talk. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm trying to, like, create my Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books 2.0, create more of a community um, so people can support each other. And and hopefully if I get to go to an RWA, I would love to meet, you know, everyone who's been on my show in person finally. Um, One of the things before we're running a little bit out of time, maybe you can just tell people about um, your more recent releases or if you have anything coming up. Sure. So my, um, my, I just wrapped up, um, actually it came out in December, but my last uh, wrapped up, um, I had the Match to Perfection series. That was my debut series. Um, and that introduced the Fernandez Familia, the three sisters, Yasmin, Rosa, and Lili. I, I actually have two novellas that sprung off of those. So one one is a cousin, and uh, you meet Julia Fernandez. She was in she's in Holiday Home Run, which was one of the novellas in last December, Fern Michaels, a season to celebrate um, holiday anthology. And my last release was a novella. We released in June that 11 of the 12 Fiction from the Heart authors, we put together a huge anthology with um, second chance romance novellas. So every novella is about a second chance romance. And at some point in the stories, a wedding is involved, whether it's throughout the whole thing or they come across one or at some point there'll be a wedding. And my novella is actually also under the Fernandez Familia. It is um, one of the sisters, one of the heroes' sisters, Lourdes. And so, it, and the wedding is Lily and Diego. Lily's the youngest Fernandez Familia. So all of those are available on Amazon and, uh, you know, Audible, other, you know, and um, print and digital and audio. I also have 
one book that I wrote for Thule. It's um, We created a continuity series called Paradise Key, and that book is Resort to Love, and that is Sophia that you get to meet. She's another Puerto Riqueña. All of, thus far, all of the, the familia, so like the Fernandez familia, they're all Puerto Rican. My mom's from Puerto Rico, but I just submitted and revisions for, I'm starting a new series with Kensington. It's called Key, Keys to Love is the series, and it features a familia, the Navarro familia, and their Cuban descent, and they are all set in Key West. They are all firefighter paramedics in Key West, which is where I grew up junior high and high school. So I'm really excited that um, the first book, Island Affair, will release next May. It's a nice, just in time for beach read season, and you will meet Luis and Sarah. And um, I'll get to take readers back home to my adolescent stomping grounds in Key West. Wow, that sounds great. That sounds really great. Um, and it's it's and, and I actually like the Key West and the firefighters. That's a great combination. So um, <laughs> looking forward to checking those out. Well, Priscilla, this has just been amazing. Thank you so much for joining. I know that you're very busy um, with all your writing and and, um, teaching and and RWA um, responsibilities. So I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with me. And um, I really hope that we can can meet in person sometime. And I I look forward to following you, um, joining, look, maybe some of these Facebook chats. They sound like a lot of fun. So thanks again. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And yeah, hopefully if I if I'm up in the New York area at some point or, or at some kind of RWA event, I would love to meet in person. I, I appreciate the invite today. Yes. No, thanks. Thanks so much. And thanks to all my listeners uh, for for reengaging with Night Scores Reading Naughty Books. Um, as Priscilla had mentioned, there's um, a lot of really great interviews that are in the archives, such as Damon Swade. His is really great. So please check that out. And um, mm-hmm. um, those are, again, all in the archives. There's over 60 now in the archives. So please check those out. Again, um, any information about the show, you can go to my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. I also have information about my latest releases. Um, my latest was Johnny Be Good. That's a women's fiction title. Um, it was released in August, so it's, it's a brand new baby. So please check that out, and it's actually in Kindle Unlimited, so it's free if you're already on Kindle Unlimited. But again, thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, Bernadette Walsh, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>